Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season four of the Four Jack Podcast, Canada's number one award-winning golf podcast and the fastest-growing golf podcast in America. Now available on SiriusXM Canada, USA, and Pandora streaming service. The Four Jack Podcast is powered by TaylorMade Golf. Their engineers have been hard at work making the next generation of equipment, and their new lineup for 2022 is absolute fire. Head over to TaylorMade.com.ca in Canada and check out all the new Carbon Phase Stealth and Stealth Plus. Experience better energy transfer for yourselves. We're not stopping there, Four Jack fan. We gave away a driver last month. We have a Dallas Smith signed jersey that we're going to give away, courtesy of Big Loud Music. Keep your eyes on our Instagram page for all the contest details. We would also like to thank multiple Four Jack Premier affiliate partners. Without their support, this show would not be possible. Jackson Labs, Therabody Cricket Shirts, Disruptive Drinkware, Galvin Green, to wash that all down, our favorite ready to drink on course beverage at Joe Tequila Soda. Season four continues to impress with a laundry list of amazing guests boasting some serious industry horsepower. But before we get into tonight's guests, let's head around the country and check in with the Four Jack family on the road. Tombo, what's going on? Not too much, brother. Uh, yeah, just somewhere in the world today, sitting down with the boys. We got a big guest on here today, another hockey boy. I know our man David is going to be just absolutely tickled pink to be here today because he loves the Boston Bruins and that's where this next guest finished up his career. And there's a couple of things I'd like to pick his brain about regarding concussions, knowing that I've had a few in my life and I know he's probably had some of the best doctors you can imagine looking at him, taking care of him, getting him back on the road to success. And I just, yeah, I think that's some valuable information to share with our listeners here today. What's up with you, David? When I'm back home, I drive Uber, as you guys know, with my children. But <laughs> David. I came out to Southern California to get away from the transportation. I've driven probably 38 hours in the last five days. So, yeah. Uh, but going back to Pebble yesterday was awesome. Uh, or last week. I don't know when we're airing this. Not yep. bad. But regardless, just lots of driving here in Southern California. But Great to be with Derek here at Rowan Hills, uh, our home away from home. D? Yeah, it's nice. We're all kind of down in the downstairs dojo here at Rolling Hills, and it's nice to have three of us in one room, obviously Tombo on the other side of the border. But, uh, yeah, you don't really hear people talking about driving 38 hours in, in uh, Southern California unless they're on the 405 for just like two days. <laughs> so that's not what one thinks of. If we're going to do something here, we're not going to be driving much. But uh, I'm really interested in today, obviously, as the uh, the Minnesotan in this group. It's funny where I'm usually not the hockey expert, but I'm not with the three of you guys. But interested to kind of hear some some takes on high-end, really kind of first-class athleticism, guys that did it at the highest level. This is going to be kind of fun for us to translate it between golf, hockey, and, and kind of hits on some of the other things that go along with Mark's career. All right, boys and girls, without further ado, the 4Jack Podcast is very proud to welcome Ontario native, David, Stanley Cup champion, current head coach of the Windsor Spitfires, the one and only NHL superstar, Mark Savard. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm excited. Absolutely, man. How's things up in Ontario right now? How's the season going? What's uh, what's the lay of the land in your world? Season's been going well. Um, you know, we've had this COVID thing go through us again here and it's been tough on the on the guys and the kids and um but our team's been pretty good this year we're you know we're in a good spot going forward here and uh hopefully come playoff time we're uh we're firing all cylinders but right now we're right in the top uh top uh four in the league so we're doing good yeah that's a great spot to be so we talk about this a lot on the show about the young talent coming up these days and obviously being a, a premier superstar player yourself you've kind of gone through those motions, but nowadays seemingly these kids are coming out of junior high and high school, absolutely ready to go to the big show, especially on the golf stage. So talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing as far as your time in the game and then what the, what the talent looks like and what the work ethic looks like for these young guys coming up nowadays. Well, the talent's incredible uh, to start with, you know, these kids uh, work on their game, uh, probably more than we did on the ice. And it's a lot of skills stuff these days. So it's a different era. You know, we were street hockey guys and, and, you know, hit the roads as much as we can. I don't even know if I've broken up a game of street hockey in the last 15 years. So uh, <laughs> guys are on their Xbox or, or they're out on the real rink. So, but like they, Fortnite games, you got to break. Yeah, those up. So, um, 
it's been a lot, uh, a lot of fun this year, but the skill level is at another level and it's a different game than what it used to be from right from the start, even the way you coach these players. I mean, you got to have good relationships with them and, and, you know, be able to, to talk to them as human beings instead of just a coach coming in and yelling at us all like they used to. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying my first year here and, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're headed. Is the tough love syndrome still something you sort of uh, implement or is it more, you got to be careful with feelings and participation and make sure everybody feels good about things. feels like, especially in this professional sports world, there's a lot of soft athletes out there and a lot of people that like to have their hand held and stuff like that. Do you see that at your level of play? Yeah, there, there's a lot of tough love still, but it's more behind closed doors. You don't want to center anybody out anymore. Like when I played exactly, you'd be in the room and the coach would come in just, you know, yell at me for what I did wrong or someone else, but now it's kind of a team thing. And then if you, if you have someone to talk to, which I do, and I hold little kind of meetings with the guys or, or bring them in between periods, if there's something I need to show them on the video. So that's kind of where it's at now. Yeah. You don't want to be uh, centering guys out too often. It doesn't work as well as it used to. That's for sure. I think one of the interesting things just, because I've done some work with youth sports, obviously nothing at the level of which you're doing it, but it's the life part of things that like, you're obviously there to help them be better athletes and stuff. But like when you're, when you're talking to someone that has like a girlfriend problem or their parents are going through something or like a brother or sister, it's like, that's almost some of the most rewarding parts of the whole journey of being a coach or someone that's influencing these kids growing up to figure out how they're going to navigate life is like, those moments, which like, I definitely think the world of psychology and science has evolved where it's like, yeah, it's not reaming some kid out in front of a group. It's like, let's bring them aside. Let's talk to them. Let's really get to know these people as just individuals. And then like your involvement with them in life, really. And I know Windsor, weird part of the country where America is actually north of Canada, blows my mind. And you've grown up in this esteemed, well, you're working with the, like the Windsor Spitfires group, Taylor Hall, one called their cups, like pretty big. Like what was the journey that got you involved with Windsor? Well, uh, to answer your nine part question. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Oh, nothing makes oh, me Mark. happier. God bless you, Mark. Mark yeah. You are invited you. on the show anytime <laughs> you want. Mark, you're officially the fifth member of the Four Jack podcast. Yes. There you go. So I'm just doing, but anyway, um, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, the first part was being, you know, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a hockey coach, but if I can make these kids better human beings before they leave in four years or whenever, whenever it is, you know, I think I've done my job, you know, if they don't move on to be hockey players, that's what we want them to do. And if it doesn't work out well, you know, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, that's why we got to be good humans and, and, and teach them, you know, life lessons, not just hockey lessons. So that's one part, but, and then the trip getting down here to Windsor, you know, I, I've always wanted to coach in the uh, Ontario hockey league. I, I looked up getting into some ownership stuff and, and coaching that well, through that way. It wasn't working out. Um, you know, so I, I bide my time. I actually went to St. Louis with the blues in the, in the NHL for a year and, and did my assistant coach, uh, there with my good friend, Craig Verube. And then, uh, you know, this job came available and, um, yeah, I didn't hesitate to, uh, to jump all over it. I was, uh, you know, it came up quick late in August cause, uh, Trevor Lutowski, who was here, went to the Montreal Canadians. And then, um, it was just a move that, that made sense for me and my family. And I have friends down here, you know, I'm actually from Peterborough. I live in Peterborough in the off season. I'm on the lake up there, uh, at a nice golf course called wildfire. And then, uh, but uh, yeah, that's how I kind of got down here, and and uh, I'm really enjoying my first season. Like I said, Carson, you didn't even want, you didn't jump in there. It was all Ontario love going on. You had yeah, nothing. I'm just loving these smooth harmonies of Ontario. So oh, wow. it's all good. Uh, you know, and him calling me out for my nine part monologue slash question. <laughs> David's still reveling in that. Well, you mentioned a golf course. You're hanging out uh, on the water. You got a nice club to play at. Maybe give us a little insight into uh, what makes that place special. Well, it, it uh, I've been there ever since it opened. It's, uh, you know, I have a cottage on the lake and we're able to get there by boat. Uh, you know, we have a great um, clubhouse dining, it's you know, five star and it, it's, it's amazing. So I kind of, yeah. And then I fell in love really with golf once I made the NHL, which 
I was 20. I never really played. And I played my first year right-handed um, and I didn't enjoy the sport very much. And then I remember I, I kind of gave my clubs away and just said, yeah, I'm done. And then I, I went to a charity event and swung left-handed and then uh, took off from there and slowly went from, you know, 18 handicap to 12 to five and then to scratch and then into tournaments and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I really love the game and, uh, it's, uh, it's been fun. Are you a okay. left-handed hockey player too? Yes. You're left-handed, okay. left-handed golfer. Yep. Hockey so, players. I swear are some of the craziest when it comes to golf, cause I've known so many that like, yeah, they play hockey left-handed but then swing right and you're like what? like what's your brain even doing like i don't even i can't compute with that okay. that's cool gonna, before this turns into a tourism ontario podcast uh <laughs> give us give us the rundown so we're, we're out there we're swinging right-handed forget this game this sucks how, how did it come to be that you swung left-handed and like oh my god now i'm a scratch golfer well and i'll add to that question so okay. obviously i think this was down in atlanta was there a golf course that you played at when you were down there or was it just you know? yes I, I lived on tpc sugarloaf nice yeah so but yeah no it was uh you know i i played a lot of sports growing up i played all-star baseball all-star lacrosse and you know i obviously hockey and then you know i didn't really grow up with golf and i went out and i'm like playing right hand i'm like geez i'm not too bad at most sports this is this is embarrassing so i can't figure this out so i'm done with this stuff like and then you know i literally went out and it was play your own ball too and i i, I want to say i like i roughly say 84 or something like that my first kind of left-handed round and i thought oh wow like this is this is it and then i you know i just started playing more then i got my first membership at a course in town kawartha and then you know the country club stuff takes you over and then i just kept going every day and then slowly and surely you know started playing in the club championships and and then i won a couple of those and then um actually we have we hold a big course of golf invitational tournaments a three-day tournament and i don't know if you guys remember the name mo norman um he's actually won the golf tournament so uh anyways that's that's one of the big big buys there sellers there of that tournament but anyway yeah so i started getting tournament golf and now i play in uh you know mid amateurs in, in in ontario and and uh you know two-man better ball stuff and i just i'm in love with the game and i i can't stop and i got you know my golf club sitting all around me right now i'm uh i love my golf club that's my one stuff we know i <laughs> got clubs everywhere uh well as tourism ontario kawartha's great stanley oh, thompson golf course but i grew up at branford oh there we go i grew up at branford where mo played every wednesday and i was been fortunate enough to play 30 40 rounds of golf with him when i was a young kid with Elena oh. Sharp and David Hearn. And, you know, we were pretty blessed, you know, you don't realize it at the time, but you, know, you kind of look at that and what Mo meant to the game and uh, Nick Westlock also, you know, another sort of legendary Ontario golfer, but uh, I guess Canadian golfer. But um, one of my other questions for you, well, not questions, but I guess statement, uh, Jeff Mills is still the head pro at Corthas or at, sorry, at Wildfire, right? That's John Mills' brother. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but going back to hockey, Tyler, your son is the same age as a lot of these kids that you're coaching. Is the crossover? Do you know a lot of these kids? Have they sort of you know, played against each other? The kids that you're recruiting? How's that kind of been? You know, having your kid play in the OHL where you're coaching? It's been it's been a blast. It's been fun, uh, especially because we we beat up on them pretty good this year. They're a good team, though. They're in first place actually, but we've had their number. Uh, I think we beat them four out of five times already. So, but it, it is great. Uh, I wish I could be around more to help him out though, because he's in the Sioux. Uh, it's quite a far way away from, from everybody. Um, he won't be golf until, uh, I don't know if they even golf up there. Is this snow all down? But anyway, it's, uh, no, it's been great. And yeah. And like, I know a lot of his kids, his age level. So, um, you know, around the league, some players that have made it. So it's good to have a little bit of a scouting report on those guys. But um, yeah, I, I, he's uh, he's doing well. He's great in the NHL draft now. He's having a great year. He does kind of everything. He's a big boy, uh, 6'2", and um, he fights. He can score and make plays. So he's uh, he's going to get drafted here, and it'll be an exciting day for him. So speaking of fighting, 2011 Boston Bruins, <laughs> Gregory Campbell, Nathan Horton, Luch, Thornton, Boychuk, Chara, Ferentz, McQuaid, Pretty tough team. Sounds like the WWF cage match setup. <laughs> Jesus. What was it like to be on that team? Like, obviously, team toughness. I know St. Louis, when they won, 
you know, same thing. Everyone kind of talked about how heavy they are and sort of that was the model, but that team's another level of toughness. What you, was it like to be around those? You didn't hear the story. They used to eat glass before they went on the, and uh, went on the ice just to toughen them up. Yeah. No, it was, um, yeah, we were a tough crew. That's for sure. And Boston wasn't a fun place to come play. That's, that's for sure. And uh, I obviously mostly ran with uh, Milan Luchik on one wing and then I had Hori on the other wing a lot of the time. So uh, it was nice to be between those two guys, obviously, and uh, feed them some pucks and and, and uh, stir a little bit of the pot and let them come and, and handle things. But, <laughs> I mean, when you have Zidane Ochero back there, I mean, it's it, it's it's a scary human being, right? Uh, especially when there's a guy 6'9 on skates that can fight and, and is strong. So uh, we knew most nights that wasn't going to be the issue. It was just about uh, playing good hockey and being on the same page together, and we were – we had a capable team and uh, we had a lot of fun over those years. How much is golf woven into the fabric of NHL? Do you guys spend a lot of time playing golf when you're traveling as your son playing golf with his buddies at that level? Give us a little. Uh, yeah. Like, well, well, yeah, we do the guys who really love it. Like myself, when we do go out to Arizona, uh, Florida, you know, we'll, we'll play, but it's not like baseball where we can, bring our clubs. So it makes it a little tougher. Like we have to use clubs rentals. And so that's not that much fun doing that way, but you know, I really enjoy it. So I try and get out when I'm out on the road um, at this level, the kids will be probably, if they golf at home, if, if, if the weather allows them to, um, but that's it, they wouldn't play golf on the road. There's not really anywhere to play. So, um, but anyway, yeah, that, that, if you really love it, you can make time for it and definitely get it in, which I did. And a couple of guys did you usually get about, you know, four to eight guys most times that'll play when you're on the road. You know, Mark, I grew up in Minnesota, so I was there when the, the Stars got beat by the Penguins in 91, and then we lost our team because it was kind of a unique situation where the college team was the team of choice as everybody when I was growing up was from Minnesota that played for the Gophers. And so hockey was always one of those things, but it, it always translated into golf. And and we had a former pod guest, uh, Dontro Willis, his favorite thing to do is to play with hockey players. He was had a couple today. I saw he was on social media. There is no more fun than going out and playing with hockey players. They have the right attitude. They get after it the right way. Nothing makes me happy when they hit driver off the deck from, from <laughs> ever and they never miss it. It's flushed. Do you guys have a group of guys that, that travel the charity circuit and do a lot of the events up there? I mean, I know you guys have to be asked to do a lot of things, but you guys have a chance to spread some pretty goodwill and kind of be ambassadors for the game being hockey players, especially in that part of the world. Yeah, we do. You know, when we get an opportunity for sure, when it, when it arises and, you know, a lot of guys are holding their own charities. So you go to another guys and then, you know, you, you bounce over to another guys. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy way and a fun way to have a great night and, and spread the word. Like you said, so we try and do as much as that as we can, um, you know, but we do enjoy our, uh, you know, three, four rounds a week with your regular fellows and uh, spending a bit of cash that way. So, uh, but I, I will say like out of all the athletes, I, I, I have to say, hockey golfers are, are probably the most intense out there. And that's, and, and saying that, like when I was playing and I got into these tournaments, like I would challenge for the lead a lot of the times. And then in that last round, I'd go out there and be like, I'm just going to kill these guys, you know? And I, it's not, it wasn't the way to play golf. It was, uh, I had to relax, learn to relax and, and, and really slow down instead of running, you know, and I learned a lot for that and, and it helped myself mentally, uh, you know, especially when I was going through issues that I had with concussions and stuff like that, just be able to, to really think things through and, and work on uh, being patient. Well, and that, that makes perfect sense. Cause where I, I used to be in Minneapolis a long time before I came to Southern California and, you know, we'd run into Madonna, Roanick would come through, Hull was around a lot, but if you're standing next and you've got anybody you can play and you're going to play two best ball and you're, you're going to do some sort of Ontario golf association event, who's your partner if you have your choice? So of a, of a hockey or just anybody, just tr true hockey player. If you can pick any hockey player you played golf with, who are you going to take to be your partner in when it counts the most? Oh, that's a good question. Um, whew. there's a, there's a lot of them and, uh, because uh, you're at a scratch. So you're, you're, you're not just saying, hey, I'm going to get my buddy. Like <laughs> I'm you, curious to see what you're going to say. Like if you're, no, sitting, you're that's sitting that's who are you taking? Chip in a couple of holes. That's, I was gonna help me. <laughs> I swear he's an eleven yeah, cap, but he's just right. playing out of his shoes sure. today. Right. Actually, one of my old buddies too from Boston, Mike Ryder. Uh, he can play a game, so he gets it around. Uh, he's sneaky, like you said. He's probably in around a six or five. Uh, you know, we had some good battles when we were with Boston, so 
I might grab him for a, for a match for sure. Um, and you know, who I just coached with too, Craig Barube up in St. Louis. He's a good buddy of mine. He's, uh, he can play, but he's very violent. So it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> imagine that. You want one of the greatest golf stories? I'll tell you guys it right now. It's pretty good. Do it. Uh, where I was in St. Louis coaching and, you know, they had just won the cup, the blues as well. So I came back, with, I came the next year after they won the cup, they, they, a guy had left them, uh, Larry Robinson. So they need, they wanted a power play guy. And I came in and me and chief played together in Calgary and stuff like that. But anyways, we would go golf all the time in St. Louis and get on all, all these great clubs. Cause they just won the cup. So we put, we're actually playing the prestigious St. Louis country club, which is tough, tough, tough to get on. So we get on, we're playing with these two nice guys and we're actually, they want to play for a bit of money. So it's great. We're, we're having a good match. And they had like this 12th hole and it had its, uh, it's hot that you can, you know, you're halfway house, but it was on the 12th hole. So, but I remember you parked your cart and you walked all the way up to it. And the guy said, you know, you guys help yourself to whatever you got. Just, they know who I am. Just take whatever you want. So we get a bag of, of, of beers and, and we said, you know, I like cigars. So we got both got a cigar and we, uh, Went back to the cart, threw the threw the beers in the cart and um, lit our cigars and, and went up to the tee and we're up on the tee, puffing our cigars. And the, that, the, the cart was behind us, so we couldn't see it. So we're looking the other way and some kid comes running from the other fairway, fire. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Fire. Well, my lighter that Chief had just finished lighting his cigar with, he left the torch on and put it in my golf bag. No way. <laughs> And my golf, like I'd never seen black smoke like this before in my life. Wow. So oh, I run yeah, I run over and I got like all I got is beer. So I'm emptying these beers, dumping it on the cart, trying to get this fire out. Well, I get it out and I'm yanking every club out of my bag, throwing it out on the grass because my whole bag's completely melted. And I'm looking down at these clubs and I'm like, hmm, they don't nothing, they look like they're okay, chief. And he's like, he just feels terrible. He's like, yeah, man, whatever's wrong. I'll, I'll pay you for him. I'm like, I put, don't worry about it. Like, you know, I got a good deal. Taylor made, they take care of me, but I just, so I go to pick up my driver and the shaft just falls right into two pieces. Uh-huh. And then I got my three wood and it falls into two pieces and everything else was steel. So it was fine. Everything else was fine, but the driver and the three wood melted and the bag is done. But what is What a story that was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a St. Louis country club. At the St. Louis Country Club, yeah. Wow. I, I do some work there, and obviously with Val Reeve there and St. Louis Country Club, and that, there's some serious golf courses there. What did the members have to say about this? Were they just like, holy shit, these guys are They want a cup. They're fine. I guess. Those guys still rock it. Celebrate. Run around, do whatever they want. These guys are wild. Yeah, that was their thought. And then uh, they, they had summoned the pro shop to send out a, an extra stiff driver shaft just to put back in that head so I can finish the round. <laughs> uh but yeah, it was, it was, it was, he felt so bad, but it was absolutely the funniest thing ever. Cause I, then I brought the bag to the rink the next day. So the guys could see like it had melted the whole one side from, from top to bottom. And I left a couple of clubs in there just so they could see that every club was viewable from through the bag. It was awesome. That's awesome. What a day. Tombo, I know you want to dive into some deep, deep, dark questions. So yeah, I know. It's like here, sir. less than nine this time. Though. I'm going <laughs> to try and tie this into one question. This is the 21 uh, part question. So get a pen and a paper. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a story to like relate to it on my own. And yeah, like I've had a few concussions in my life. I grew up playing football and snowboarding and there's a day I completely don't remember because I got conked so hard that like the day is a complete wash, but I know Mark's journey kind of was part of the catalyst to the NHL, making some changes to the way like they dealt with head injuries and, and people hitting people in the head. So Mark, if you don't mind just kind of walking us through like, yeah, like what happened in that journey? Because in 2011, I believe it was, is when you took the head shot from the 2010. 2010? Yeah. 2010 right. is when it happened, but walk us through just like that whole journey and the discoveries that you found about yourself and, and brain injuries. Let me add one thing to this, Mark, before you jump in, if there is information that people need to find on this, I'm sure, you know, some great platforms and some great resources. So feel free to shout those out as well. Okay. Um, yeah, it, uh, on that day, it was, a it was a tough day. I remember we were playing in Pittsburgh and, uh, I got hit and, I don't even, I don't even remember like to still to this day. Like I don't actually remember being hit because I was out cold for, I think 29 seconds, our trainer counted. 
Um, so I seen it obviously. And then I, then I can relate to it, but I, I had no idea what had happened or where it was. And, um, yeah, it was, a, I had a tough go for, ah, God, I, I, I tried to come back from that, um, in the playoffs, it was three months later I, or two months later, I came back to play Philly. That's where I scored that goal in the first game back in overtime and the crazy celebration. I was 11 rows up just so you know, I just caught your <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> There we go. Uh, so yeah, so I scored that goal. Um, and then, you know, Claude Julian was working my ice time well, cause I hadn't played much. And, and that was a series where unfortunately we went up three, nothing and Philly came back, but in game three, uh, David Krejci broke his wrist, which forced my minutes from 12 minutes to that game actually went to double overtime, I believe. And I played like 28 minutes and I had, I had nothing left. And anyways, Philly made the comeback in that series, but long story short, yeah, I just, I really struggled after that. I was supposed to come back to camp the next year. Um, and I just had issues that, that wouldn't allow me to, I just didn't feel right. Uh, everything felt slower. Um, uh, dark, you know, I, lights bothered me. Um, you know, I lived, I pretty much lived an upside down life for a long time that I was, I was sleeping throughout days and getting up through nights just because of the light. Um, and it was tough. It was tough on everybody, my family. Um, and you know, that's at the end of the day, thank God you have your know, family because you know, they helped me through everything. And, um, and just, just the, the players, you know, always checking in and it was a, it was a tough ride. And then, you know, just to have to end your, your career like that is, 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 it was a blow all in all, but I got good help along the way. And, uh, Dr. Tatter actually out of Toronto, um, he was huge for me and just, just, you know, uh, from what we knew back then, it's, it's, there's so much better to today. And, um, but he helped me the best he could. And, and, um, you know, the therapy and, and, uh, with Dr. Duran, I did some therapy in Boston and that was just life coaching, basically trying to get me back on my feet. And, uh, it was quite the episode. So, um, it took me a while to get back out here, even to, to, to do this kind of thing, coach. And, um, you know, I was happy sitting at home and, and not doing anything because uh, I, I wasn't comfortable getting back out in the spotlight and didn't want to talk about anything. So it took a long time for me to, to get right. And, uh, you know, I thank my wife every day. She's the one who basically said, you're not sitting here anymore. Get the hell out. So uh, she pushed me out the door and I started with some broadcasting and radio and um, and then moved on. To, yeah, you know what? This is not where I want to be. I want to coach. So I uh, jumped on that boat and then uh, it's ended up here in Windsor. So, um, but a lot of golf through that time really was my um, safe haven kind of thing. I, I could go to the range and hit balls for three hours and, and just, it, I, that's where I felt my best because I was doing something. Um, and I think that's why my game got good too, obviously, but um, yeah, it was a tough go and um, I owe a lot of credit to a lot of people along the way. Just to kind of add into that, you talked about, yeah, maybe some motor control issues, reflexes weren't quite as well. Like how long did that take? And do you feel like you're kind of at a point now where your reflexes and everything is where it, where it was, or is that still like, no, it's, it, 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 I, I, like, I feel almost, you know, normal, I guess I, I got, anxiety issues throughout the whole thing. So I, I have some medications that I, I have through that, but that, you know, a lot of people end up with that stuff anyways, but um, skills wise, motor skills, you know, it, it, when I came back to play after, again, after, you know, not only the playoffs, the missing camp and tried to come back one more time, I, I was on the ice and I was just, it, it didn't feel like me. Like I, I could see a play happening before it kind of happened. And I, that wasn't there. It just was, I was a normal felt like a normal hockey player. And, uh, and then that, that last quick hit I took in, in, in Colorado on the, the hard rock glass, it just, I, I ended up seeing black. Like I was sitting up on my knees. I can remember. And I was looking at my eyes, my eyes were open and I just saw black for, for a while. So I remember the trainer came, come out on the ice and I just told him, Donnie, like, what, what's going on here? Like, I, this, I'm done. Like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. So um, that's kind of when I knew it was, it was the time to, uh, to go and, and it was tough, but again, uh, I have everything back that I, that I feel that I had before now. And, 
at least I got a little time to think about what I do before I golf, but I play pretty quick anyway. So, that's, uh, but anyway, but yeah, no, I feel good now. And uh, coaching is, is a good thing. He's, I have to keep my brain occupied though with this, you know, with the anxiety I have and stuff like that. I have to be doing something now. And uh, this is what it is. I can kind of relate to that because I get over a six foot putt and sometimes I fall to my knees and all I see is black. And then all I see is an empty wallet after that. So maybe not on the same level as you, Mark, but putts for 94 tough (laughs) beat it. Brisson. Uh, We're going to transition here guys to something fun. We like to call rapid fire, not so rapid fire. This is the segment we like to close the show out. The segment is powered by cricket shirts. Check out cricketshirts.com for all the new vintage Mark, done, Mark's dealt with some of the shipping better. issues yeah. here at Cricket Shirts, so let's just move on. Yeah, with uh, free shipping to Iceland for uh, anyone that's interested in cricket gear. That's that'll be. Honestly, yeah. they, I thank you for that cricket wear, and I'm not just saying this; it's fantastic. I love it, and uh, just that the kind of old school, nice look to it. Um, oh, so yeah. you, you got yours, Mark? <laughs> let's yeah. go there. Wow, it took a while. Yeah, my, mine sure? is somewhere in Vietnam. It's on a little. <laughs> it's going through Bora Bora, and then it's got to come back to uh, Canada. And it then is actually me. probably good to Southern California. <laughs> so back to Canada. I'm glad to hear. Not only did you give Tombo a nine part question, it's nice to know that somebody actually has cricket gear. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have it at all. Though the UPS guy took a couple pictures, put them over me, so. <laughs> Of course he did. <laughs> Part of it was they were taking pictures of the front uh, of the hockey arena. They couldn't find the coaches. Awesome. That's not on me. Uh, and the other part of it is that he is in Ontario, which is David's center of the universe, and the Correct. David Brisson Postal Service has great service yes. there. I'm sure that the I'm sure the success rate is far greater in the greater Ontario area than it is here down in Southern California. Can we move on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're going to close this door. All, All right. right. Well, All right, boys and girls. So Mark actually posted Mark Baruby wearing a shirt, and that's how we kind of all connected here. Oh, fantastic. Cool. cool. Well, that's that's great. Uh, rapid, <laughs> I truly care about your feelings. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, not really. Uh, rapid Fire 10. Mark, when you're ready, 10 skill testing questions. It could be random. It could be all based around Canadian politics. We don't know what the, uh, what the question of Tron is going to come up with today, but if you're ready to oh. go, question number one. Mark, what'd you have for breakfast today? Today I had a, didn't have, I had a coffee. All right. Caffeine plus, plus, an answer. plus nicotine equals protein. Jimmy Hortons. Ah, so Canadian. So Canadian. David's got an ear to ear smile. Question number two, rapid fire, not so rapid fire. What is in the bag? Maybe walk us through top to bottom. Sands the melted bag. What are you swinging for wrenches? And then uh, a little insight into your secret wand. I love it. Um, so I've got five secret wands laying in front of me right now. I'm a butter <laughs> guru, but I, I, this is a true story. I was the, one of the first guys I got a prototype spider putter uh, when Jason day and those guys, I knew the guy at TaylorMade. I had met him and he made me one. So I had that and I've had it recolored five times. Cause I got it blocked out. Now I'm blocked out with the shaft. Um, and I got, I put the long grip on though, the tailor-made spider red one, you know, with the black, red and black, the, the long one. And I still only putt though at 32 and a half inches length. Um, but anyways, I got, that's did, what I got. Did you, did you say 32 and a half? Yes. Oh, wow. How tall are you, Mark? Six, two, six, three? No, my son's six, two. I'm five, <laughs> ten. So, wow. yeah. So I got 32 and a half. Um, scratch is scratch. Michelle Wee, Michelle Wee. Yeah, she's got that look. I, I, I thought I misheard something. Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> and then I got the new uh, driver, the new Stealth arrived, uh, plus weight in the bottom. And I got the, uh, is it the 1K Tensi in there? Um, so I got that, the white, 1K Tensi white shaft. And then the three woods on its way. I'm still waiting for that. Um, and this is my first year. I just came off a year where, I used to play the uh, the seven sixties last year, TaylorMades. I went, I believe it or not, I went to the uh, seven ninety, all blacked out though, blacked out heads, blacked out shafts. They're sexy. Uh, yeah, just I like being sexy out there. My wedges are the same, all blacked out, blacked out. So my wedges are actually still Volkies though, uh, SM eights. I'm struggling with the transition to TaylorMades, but like I do have the new wedges here, and I'm excited to get after them they're all blacked out too so uh blacked out shafts i play uh i play s400s in my wedges the all black um and in my irons i'm actually i play the x100s but 
they're the light ones. I don't know if you know which ones I'm um, talking. Dude, yeah. I'm all about the light shaft right now. Like just all did a frequency them, yeah. fitting and it's light across the board. Can't believe it. Yeah. So it's amazing. And then I got a two iron in there. Uh, a graphite shaft and that. I don't have a five wood. I just carry driver three wood. And then uh yeah, three through three through nine iron and then pitching wedge uh 50 54 58 okay you're dialed and you're a fall you're officially a nut what kind of ball are you playing i am playing the tailor-made tp5x uh 91 ball but i i i juice it so i i'm a little steep with the wedges so i uh that's why i gotta play that x ball or i'm sucking things right off the green i got it you know you got to be a good player with the all black setup too, because there, if you if you tow it or heal it, it marks. That's just the circle. Exactly. Trust me. If you're not a good player with the all black setup, it shows quickly if there's any sand on the range, <laughs> if there's any sand on the grass. So God bless you there, because that little dollar spot doesn't get there without a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. That's not by design. That's the leftovers from the from the third degree fire. Uh, that's number four, Mark. You're an, you're a professional athlete. Obviously, you come from that acumen. You have a warm up routine when you're going to a game on the ice. Obviously, you guys are really diligent, athletic uh, process in that respect. What does your warm up routine look like when you're going to play golf? Maybe a serious match. You want to take some money off the boys. What are we doing on the warm up? So yeah, I I'm you I'm the guy that's there. I like being there almost an hour before. Uh, I walk over. I like to I like to hit a couple putts because it's right there on the way to my range. And then I get up there and I kind of go. I go sandwich first. I don't like pulling out the old L wedge there. I don't want to get too chunky right away. So I'm, but I'm three balls right through the set, like three balls, three balls, three balls right through it. And then, uh, finish back off with the lob wedge and then, uh, over to some chips and a couple more putts and then off I go. Get some feel going. I like that. Yeah. Anything specific on the putter? We've heard a lot of professional athletes talk about finding speed, finding line, not really even caring. Are you a guy that's, you know, conscious of the putter? And the green yeah. speed, or you just walk over to the first tee and bang it? No, I'm I'm conscious of it. I, I think putting's like my short game's probably my my best thing. Um, so yeah, I'm a putter, and I uh, yeah, I'm I'm into the the speed of the greens, reading the greens, or or, or doing whatever. Uh, the long game, I I'm still that hockey player that just wants to mash it. So I get in a little trouble there. That's that's where I get in trouble. <laughs> like that. Question number five. We're on the range with the boys. Do we start the trash talking now? Do we start negotiating sugar? Or do we wait for the wait for the first tee and really give these guys a little bit? Of Text message night before. Text messages the night before. Oh, wow, yeah, that's interesting. See, okay. I'm I'm just falling in love with as Chris would say the process. Um, uh, but I'm really falling in love with the habitual nature of where you're going about this. I love the practice schedule. You're not beating the same club 17 times. You've already got sugar negotiated. I know you're going to have everything set up. I promise you that you're, you're ironed and you're ready to go. I, I'm all in on Mark Savard's habitual process right now. Yeah. Fire extinguisher in the bag, ready at, at any point. If a fire breaks out, we're good to go. All right. Question number six, we're heading to the turn. We're after nine holes. We're up in the match. What are we going to fuel up on? Are we grabbing a six pack and a pack of cigarettes? We're going to go for a non-fat latte and a protein bar. What's our fuel at the turn? Well, hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this because I've already smoked a cigar in the front nine and I, <laughs> They don't tell my wife because I'm about to smoke another one on the back. And <laughs> I have, I, 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 we up here, we drink these neutrals. I don't know if you guys have had them. Neutrals. Vodkas, yeah. Yeah. Neutral vodkas, cherry. They got these nice cherry neutral vodka tall boys. So I'm probably th three on the front, three on the back, maybe. And then I have my nice beer after the round on, on the draft. And then I don't know who picks me up. I forget. Goes home on the boat, <laughs> floats away. Celebratory beer. And then, yeah, offset the set sail. <laughs> And so yeah. when you light the cigar, no, no precursor. You don't have to make birdie. You don't have to make par. You just, you just light it and away you go. I get off that first tee and I'm lighting her in the fairway. Yeah, Good for you. Probably need a quick shower after all is said and done to keep the secret safe <laughs> from your <laughs> wife. <laughs> Guys just drinking a cigar and, and right, a, booze. I love it. I got, uh, a tongue, I got a tongue scraper in the bag. Scrapes <laughs> up right off. <laughs> <laughs> yes this guy's yeah you're legit that's yeah. a veteran play sir you haven't missed a shot yet god bless <laughs> you all right well we kind of have a little insight mark but question number seven lager ipa wine hard bar what's our absolute go-to i'm not gonna lie to you i i i'm a rum and coke guy rum and diet when i'm at home but after that 
game of golf. Like I said, I drink the vodkas on the course, but I love that IPA cold, frosty mug sitting at the at the table after the game. Mm-hmm. Count the stack. Yeah, set sail with the captain at home when the wife's around, but uh, everything else <laughs> is on the table. I like that. Question number eight. Favorite golf memory? Maybe share something that you celebrated on course aside from a uh, potential grass fire. Uh, something that stands out in the memory bank, something personal. Well, I've, I've played all the, a lot of good courses. So those are like, those are kind of just the same thing over and over, you know, Pebble, which you guys are just talking about. I went there, actually, our, our buddy flew us jet right in there and that was ridiculous, but I played at St. Andrews, but I'm telling you guys, I, I was talking about playing in those club championships and going through and never winning and then actually winning and the emotions that come out, like I didn't want to cry, but it just, it started flowing. You know what I mean? Cause I worked at it. I worked at it and I, and I won. So yeah. it was probably, yeah. Winning my first club championship, just standing there and I'm trying to talk and it's just, I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, Oh, I don't know why I'm crying guys, but I am. So yeah, where would that rank as far as life experience? Yeah. Like winning the Stanley cup, like winning all these things, like winning club championship, I feel would be pretty big. Like, Kawartha or Wildfire? Oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Or both. Uh, Details. Both. both. Um, and <laughs> I've got two at uh, two at Kawartha, which is the better player area. Uh, I have one there in probably like six, seven years. Uh, I've only played in four at Wildfire, and I've won three of those because it's not the greatest group. Um, but going back to that. Uh, I, wildfire. <laughs> As I love that. It is a great place. It's a great property. And then, um, uh, yeah, the Stanley Cup's amazing. I mean, uh, scoring OT winners are amazing. And uh, it, it, but it, but I'm telling you, because it's all you. It's all about you. And the like, I'm playing on all these team events growing up. When you win yourself, no one did it for you. You did everything. So it it, it is a a to- totally different you know inner body experience, I guess. And it, and it was amazing. So we've got two. Do we expect five or six more? And then we can officially call you the Tom Brady of the Club C. You are you are the Club C GOAT moving forward? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I love it. Uh, question number nine before I hand it, uh, hand it over to Brisson to clean this up. Uh, I got a couple questions I'm going to pick here. I guess a, a good question for you would be, we always like to ask the uh, cliche question. If you could play a five ball, you're the fifth. Who would be your dream foursome? Dead or alive, friend, foe, family, ex, whoever it may be, who's the, uh, who's the four people you want to play golf with the most? Obviously tiger. I mean, I, come on. I mean, he's been my favorite forever. I'm a lefty. I got to bring lefty with me. Uh, hmm. I've played with Pat Perez and he's oh. wild. So you got to have that wild guy there just to, when times get a little tight there, he can, he can loosen her up. Uh, that's three. And I need one more. Eh? Um, hmm. Huh. I, I like DJ. I think me and DJ would get along well. It's the first time DJ. This this would have been the greatest group in about 2011 with all the <laughs> 2007 to 2011 yeah. with this group. Chaos. Madness. Alcohol. No Vegas trips. Shit show. Yeah, there'd be dead bodies. That's a good yeah. group. Yeah. Like I'd have fun. Was, uh, was mom or dad really instrumental in your introduction to the game later in life or was it just kind of, kind of something you picked up with the boys? Uh, for golf, it was just, yeah. yeah, it wasn't mom or dad. It was, it was, uh, uh, just NHL guys, you know, um, playing with the Rangers, uh, you know, Kevin Stevens, uh, Alf Samuelson. I played with Gretzky for two years. I actually played his course. Uh, what's that one shot? Uh, sure. in LA. Sherwood, sure. Sherwood. That was one of my best days actually too, of, of my life. Cause going to LA, uh, I was a beater though, which sucked, but, um, I got to play his course and then have dinner at his house. And you know that in his house, his office had a, is a vault. It's a vault door to get in his office because if any house burnt down, he ain't burning his rescue jerseys, right? That he scored any, all those yeah. goals with. So it's a vault door. It's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that was great. Can't hear you, Janice. Can't hear you through the wall, Janice. Sorry about that. <laughs> Did you ever cross paths with him in St. Louis at all? Like I know he's kind of. Yeah, in- he's proud. He's always around. Chief and him are buddy. Like our uh, Barube, our head coach there, was was good buddy. So we had the odd uh, cold one with him, and he he likes the odd cold one. Old Wayno. 
He's kind of St. Louis is an underrated city, in my opinion, and just one of those kind of sleeper towns that no one really talks about. But lots of athletes there and lots of stuff. Lots of snow there too, right, David? Good question, Mark. What's your low round in your career? My low round is at Oshawa Golf and Country Club. I shot eight under par. Wow! And I, I tied the course record. And I going into the last hole because I was eight under par that. I could break the course record I had and, and I, it was a, it's a par three finish over water. And I hit a shot in there to about 10 feet. And that's where I was in my earlier days. And I'm like, I'm going to make this right in the back, ran it 10 feet past oh. <laughs> and made it coming back. You could say nothing matters except if you made it coming back. Yeah. So God bless you. So you're, you're going after Gillespie's. Yes. At Oshawa. Yeah. There you go. Derek Gillespie on the show again. Best hair in the business. That Wait. Gillespie. I Way to pull that fact out of your butt, David. Wow. Well, you know, when you hang out with Derek and Pebble Beach, you learn all the great stories. <laughs> there you go. It's amazing. Uh, Final question, Mr. Brisson. Let's wrap this up. Let's let this man off the hook. Well, there's three part questions. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. The first hour, we're going to do this. All right. So first question, uh, real quick one, Project 91. Uh, when did you start that? Obviously, we know why you started that. But uh, maybe for those that don't know, walk us through Project 91 and the importance of that. And you know what that means to you. This is the not so rapid fire part of the rapid fire. Yeah. So when I was, when I, when I dealt with Dr. Tatter, I, you know, I, and, and I got on a board actually uh, through Toronto, the greater Toronto area, I'm on a board of for concussion research. And then um, I thought, you know what, I can do my part here and try and, you know, get, get some money for, for, to help, you know, look, research this cause. And um, I, you know, my wife and, and one of my best buddies got behind it with me and we did project came up with project 91. And in our first year, uh, I think we did about $20,000 in, in just, you know, shirts and hats. And, uh, and, uh, once we donated whatever we made from people, I, I matched it. So it ended up being 40,000 was the first time. And then, uh, we kind of let it simmer down. I was off doing my thing in St. Louis. So, um, a couple of guys actually here in Windsor picked up, picked up the line again, and uh, I let them kind of run it, and uh, and we've been donating ever since through that way. So it's it's just been something that's near and dear to my heart. It's a great product, and uh, it's been a lot of fun actually to do. Awesome. Next question: taping sticks. How did this start? <laughs> How popular is it? Let's walk us through that. For those that don't know, just walk us it through is, how this all began. The chaos. It is- it is unbelievably popular and it's, it, I, I, I still get asked today and now I'm a coach and I, I was having fun with that. I was acting like I was 12 when I did them and it's, it's not really what I'm trying to do nowadays, but yeah, I was just, I knew, and every team I play on, you can ask any guy, like I just knew everybody's tape job. I could look at their tape job on the ice and it was something like I was just like my golf clubs. Like you, I mean, I love my golf clubs. I, I loved my hockey sticks, right? That was, that was my thing. And, I just knew everybody's tape job. So I thought, you know what, why don't I start doing something so I can try and move this project 91 stuff and do a taping thing with it and get some views on YouTube. And it, it took over and, and uh, I don't even know, I haven't even looked forever, but the last I looked was like 1.5 million views on these taping twig episodes and, and my uh, Twitter uh, or my Instagram's always lit up like, God, this guy's tape job. Can you do it for us? And I haven't done them in a long time. And I'm, I, I will get back around to doing it. It was a lot of fun, but yeah, it's just showing guys the Austin Matthews and the McDavid's, these little kids of how they tape their sticks. Well, when you return to that, we'll have you tape one and then we'll give it away to one of our listeners. Yeah. For our America listeners, go back on YouTube. Who was the guy that used like just two little tiny strips towards the heel of the, the stick? I forget oh. who it was. That was Bobby Orr. Bobby yeah, Bob- Orr. Bobby yeah. yeah, that's cool. All right, yeah. my last question. Um, 2011 Stanley Cup, what did it mean to have those guys, you know, rally to get your name on the cup? And you know, you came into Boston in 06 with Chara. Um, you know, you kind of grew up with the Bergerons of the world and Krejci's and Tori Krug, and you kind of mentored those guys. But for them to rally the 25 games that you did play, you know, that was like probably playing 300 games that season. but what did it mean for those guys to rally to get your name on the cup? And what does that mean to you? Well, I'm obviously it's, it's, it's near and dear to my heart, all those guys. And, and, you know, Peter Shirelli was a general manager back then. And 
for them to do that, you know, I, I didn't ask for it and it was just amazing. And, you know, I was around throughout the cup and, and, and talking to guys and stuff like that. And just to make me feel like part of it. And, you know, I still this day, it's, you know, I know that we won a cup. I, I feel part of it, but I, you know, I didn't actually play in the games. Uh, I played during the regular season. So uh, it, it, I, I still, you know, enjoy it. I enjoy, certainly enjoyed my Stanley cup party. That's for sure. So, um, but I, I really thank, you know, that whole organization first class and, and getting my name on the cup is obviously something that my kids and their kids, kids will be able to, to see someday. So it's amazing. And, uh, and it's something that, uh, I'll never forget. Awesome. Yeah. Not a lot of guys have that opportunity to share that with their, uh, their legacy, so to speak, uh, project 91 is there a website, is there socials, uh, anything else you want to shout out and create awareness or turn some attention to? Uh, yeah, just, you know, project 91, um, is, uh, is something that's still going, you know, we're, we're going to start another line here. We're, we're a little low ended right now uh, with stuff where we've ran out. And like I said, I'm coaching now. So I've been kind of focusing on that right now. I'd like to get my attention back to that. But, um, besides that, no, it's, uh, everything's good. And, uh, I'm always, you know, I have a Twitter account and, and, uh, I have a Instagram account. I always tell people that, you know, if you ever need to talk about anything and uh, if you're having issues with concussions, you know, you can hit me up and, and DM me or whatever you call it. And, and I usually reach back out to people to try and help them that way. So um, I'm around um, and I'm not around much in the summer because I'm on the course, but I'm around right now. You can catch me <laughs> later in the evenings, but um, I, I really appreciate you guys having me and uh, I'm a big fan of the show. It's great. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Mark. Uh, can't thank you enough for your time. We'll keep an eye on the Oshawa Generals this summer or this winter. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Didn't even get a reaction. We'll uh, we'll definitely wish you all the best with the Windsor Spitfires in your coaching position. That's pretty exciting. If you if your boys are in the top five right now, hopefully you can uh, take down that that season. That'd be amazing. The Memorial Cup. Memorial. Memorial. Yeah. <laughs> I I should fix the fact that I said Calder Cup earlier to Memorial. Question 11, Tom. Yeah, no, <laughs> nothing. Just Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure, brother. Appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us again. Yeah, go Windsor Spitfires. And yeah, absolute blast, bud. You know, Mark, as, as you keep hearing Canadian dropped, and I'm looking at a laptop, it says it's 10 degrees and we're sitting in Southern California. I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, when we talked about this and these guys were prepping the pod, um, they were all really excited. I'm going to tell you right now that an hour into this, We've done a lot of these. You've been one of the most gracious, kind, professional people we've had on here. Your answers were awesome. Obviously, you can tell that it was endearing, and I have a 100% reason why that team wanted that your name on the cup. So I really, truly, from the from the American side of this, it was uh, it, this has been an awesome pod. I really thank you for your time, and uh, your answers were awesome. And again, we'll, we'll kind of push the Project 91 thing, but I learned a lot just listening more on this one. So congrats to you, and, and good luck going forward. You trying to make me cry there? <laughs> Listen, I mean, this is what I do. They brought, they brought the mutt in, and this is what I do. But he's honestly, the, he's the closer. Like, that's what I want. He's but the closer. It, it is fun because we had we kind of had one last week on the country music side, and it's the same thing. I hear grinding, I hear working, I hear putting the time in, I hear taking care of people, and that's the whole reason that we do this podcast is is we want to make sure that other people know there are guys like you out there making a difference, not only in golf but whatever it is you're passionate about. So, so God bless on that. Love that. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Anytime you guys need me, give me a buzz. All right, Thanks, bye. Mark.